Lord, how wonderful it is that we can remember you together. We thank you for such provision at this table, Lord. We confess that as we partake of it every Lord's Day, we see again and again wondrous grace that brought me to the fold. We do give you thanks. And now, Lord, as we have another privilege to sit at your feet at your presence. And as we can read together the Word of God, we turn to you, Lord, and say, would you speak to us your living words? There is no one but the true Lord that has words of eternal life. Would you, Lord, meet us this morning? Would you, in your grace and wondrous mercy, speak that living word that would quicken each one of us? And for that purpose, we entrust this time into your own hands. Oh, we pray for a time filled with yourself. Where your Holy Spirit is in charge. We pray even for that clothing in the Spirit. And his own enabling. So that the only consciousness would be of you, Lord, and nothing else. Speak to each one of us, we ask again. And we ask in your precious name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you turn with me to Luke chapter 10? We would like to read a very familiar passage, which is the parable of the Good Samaritan. I don't know if you noticed, but the wonderful hymn that we just sang has several allusions, not just one or two, but several allusions to this wonderful parable. So we would like to uh, read it together. Uh, and yet, before we, we, we want to read not just the parable itself, but also the passage right before that gave occasion to the parable that the Lord uttered. And then we would like to read a little after the parable to what comes after it. You know, recently, I, as I was reading this, uh, I was reminded of our dear brother Christian. Because our brother, you know, and I say this with reverence, but he seemed to be obsessed with sandwiches all the time. <laughs> he kept founding all those delicious spiritual sandwiches in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and sorry, I realize that maybe some of you are not familiar with that. But essentially he would say, yeah, there are some portions in scripture that come as triplets together. So you have a delicious meat right in the middle. But then there is a bread before and a bread after the sandwich. So for instance, remember 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 there, aren't they about spiritual gifts? And how we exercise them in the church. But then our brother would remind us, but remember, there is chapter 13 in between. Is the more excellent way. Love. If all you want are the gifts, you're left with two pieces of bread. That's it. Not, not too tasty. 
如果你的生命，你所要的只是那两块面包的话呢，那中间呃恩赐没有，那就没有什么味道。Oh, but when that is exercised in love, it makes a whole difference. It's a sandwich.但是当这些操练是在爱中的操练的时候呢，那就是呃很美味，就像一个三明治一样。And then there's Psalm 23 as the meat, but you have Psalm 22 before, Psalm 24 after.然后还有比如说诗篇二十三篇。our brother kept giving us over the years so many delicious spiritual sandwiches. So the other day I stumbled in one of my own. And I would like to share something of that which is contained in the parable of the Good Samaritan. So let's start from verse 25 in chapter 10. And a lawyer, a lawyer here is an interpreter of the law in that sense. A lawyer stood up and put him to the test saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? How does it read to you? And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered correctly. Do this. And you will live. Uh,他回答说,嗯,耶稣对他说,律法上写的是什么,你念的是怎样呢?他回答说,你要尽心尽性尽力尽意爱主你的神,又爱邻舍如同自己。耶稣说,你回答的是,你这样行就必得永生。
Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. 他们走路的时候，耶稣进了一个村庄，有一个女人名叫马大，接她到自己家里。她有一个妹子名叫玛利亚，在耶稣脚前坐着听他的道。马大伺候的事多，心里忙乱，就进前来说：“主啊，我的
But putting someone to the test does not necessarily imply that there is a negative motive behind it. 但这里呢，他英文讲就是来来试试验耶稣，呃，我中文是试探耶稣，但这个试验耶稣并不是讲到他好像有一个呃很负面的动机。Perhaps there is a sincere desire of understanding what is that, which is there is is something very noble, by the way. How can I have eternal life?可能里面也是有一个真实的一个问题，就是一个很很诚诚恳的问题，就是我要做什么才能得到永生。其实这是一个很啊宝贝的问题，尊贵的问题。But the very question already has a little bit of a premise in it.但是他这样问问题的时候呢，他之前就有一个假设前提。Or an assumption.就有一个前提。He is already coming from that angle that I need to do something. It's something that is on my own power, and if I do it, I'll find it. I'll receive or inherit eternal life.它的前提呢，就是说我是要做这些，要做一些事情。这些事情是靠我的能力能够做的。然后通过做这些事情呢，我能够得到永生。So the question is actually, what is that something, Lord Jesus, or Jesus, that I have to do, that if I do it, I'll inherit eternal life. 所以他这个问题就是说，耶稣那个事情到底是什么？我做这些事情的时候呢，我就能够得到永生。And amazingly, our Lord does not immediately refute something of the false premise behind that question.嗯，很有趣的，我们主没有马上的来否认他这个问题中的这个错误的前提。You know, I I realize that this may sound a little bit kind of. Uh, a little nebulous. What I mean is this, when you read the whole New Testament, now with the benefit of everything, we know so clearly that by grace you are saved. And this is not by works, it's by faith. That's it. There is nothing that we can do that will ever accumulate enough merit for anyone to be saved. So, you know, the very famous verse that Paul states, he kind of sums up that principle in Ephesians chapter 2. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not as a result of works, and that is essentially works of the law, obeying the law, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. But here is this man that comes to Jesus. And ask something that already has a wrong premise behind the very question. And amazingly, in the ensuing dialogue, there is no attempt from the Lord to refute the wrong premise immediately. In a way, our Lord He goes along with this man, even in that wrong premise. And he asks, Well, how do you read what is written in the law? And this man, amazingly, he gives us the most accurate and wonderful summary of the law, just in two precepts. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. 
Now, this answer, brothers and sisters, about what do you, how do you read what is in the law? This answer, if I can put it, is right on the money. This sums up what the law is all about. As a matter of fact, our Lord Jesus Himself, He's going to be asked the very same question on that last week before His Passion. And His answer is exactly this one. If you want to sum up the law, here is the summary. And surprisingly, perhaps, our Lord answers to this man. He says, you, this is what the Lord says, you have answered correctly. Do this, and you will live. So it's kind of surprising, really. At least to me, bear with me. How is it possible that here's a man asking a question that has a false premise in it, and our Lord Jesus is going along with him? As a matter of fact, what our Lord is saying to that man, do this, obey those two precepts, and you shall live, it's absolutely correct. Then someone would say, well, but how, how, how about those verses that we just read from Ephesians, right? That we are saved by grace alone, not by works. <laughs> how do you reconcile this? Do this, obey those commandments, and you shall live. It's true. But perhaps there is a point that is not obvious. It wasn't obvious to that interpreter of the law, and frankly speaking, it's not obvious to any one of us naturally. The real question should be, but wait a second, are you able to obey those two commandments by yourself? That is the thing that is not obvious. It wasn't obvious to that man. It is not obvious to us in ourselves. It is amazing that that man, when he hears from Jesus, yeah, do this and you shall live, he almost immediately, and Luke adds, he's trying to justify himself, he asks a second question. Uh, okay, good. But who is my neighbor? <laughs> there is almost a sense that if I cannot define very well who is my neighbor, I can get away with not complying, which deep down probably he knew I cannot. <laughs> so again, our Lord Jesus is going to answer that second question. Who is my neighbor? The parable is an answer to that question at face value. But way more importantly, that parable is answering the first question that the man has asked. How, what can I do? Or is kind of clarifying or clearing up the wrong premise. What can I do to inherit eternal life? 
但实际上这个主耶稣这个预言这个好撒玛利亚的故预言是更深层次上来解决第一个问题我们要做什么才能得到永生是针对他那个错误的前提的。And then the parable begins with a man that is going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. 然后这讲到故事开始，一个人从耶路撒冷下到耶利哥去。Now I just I want to quickly. By the grace of the Lord, to go through a round down, rundown of this parable. Because it seems that every detail in the parable, there is something rich, there is something precious for our instruction. The first thing we have to notice in the parable is that this man, he's not going. Up from Jericho to Jerusalem, but down from Jerusalem to Jericho. From the city of God, from that city that in all of Scripture represents God's purpose. In both Old Testament and New Testament. But that man is moving away from that city and going down to Jericho. Now you remember where Jericho appears in the Bible. I think for the first time is in the book of Joshua, right? Is that first stronghold that had to be destroyed as soon as they entered into the land of Canaan. And you remember that after the city was destroyed, Joshua, he somehow, he uttered certain words regarding the city. Cursed is anyone, essentially, that rebuilds the city. It's a place that was under a curse. And this man in the parable, he's moving away from a, a place that represents the purpose of God, going down to a place that is accursed. Dear brothers and sisters, is this not a representation of humankind, of human beings? We were made in the image of God. Made as instruments for the fulfillment of his purpose. And yet we fell, we sinned. And instead of being instruments in the fulfillment of God's purpose, a curse came into. Actually in Galatians is very interesting. In Galatians 3, it says that we are under the curse of the law. And after this man that is going in that wrong direction, he falls in the hands of robbers. They strip him, leave him naked. Beat him up, and he's left half dead. Now listen. It seems that our Lord is trying to remind this interpreter of the law. You are like this, and you are half dead. Do you think you have the strength to do this, and you shall live? And dear saints, the same is true of all of us that are born from Adam. Our 
Last time I checked, I think it's all of us. So. <laughs> you can drop safely the last part. <laughs> Sorry, never mind. <laughs> That's your condition, naturally. On the way to a place that is accursed. Beaten up by sin. And have that. Do you think you have the strength to do anything that will please God? Now it's quite interesting that then, as this man is in this hopeless state, our Lord describes two characters that pass by him. There is first a priest that by chance is passing on that way. And he passes, he looks at him, he just keeps going. No help from that front. And after that, very interesting, very meaningfully, a Levite also looks at him. Passes by, no help there either. Now it's certainly not by chance that our Lord, in the story, there is a priest and a Levite, which are two religious figures of the day. Because that is the premise of virtually any religion and certainly even Judaism. That yes, we are sinners, that's true. But if you just are more careful next time, if you just try harder to please God, if you try your best to observe the precepts of the law, then you will be able to inherit eternal life. And our Lord Jesus, in his gracious, gentle way, is reminded that reminding that man and us, there is no help from that front. Make no mistake. It's almost as if the priest and the Levite they stand for those false solutions to the problem of sin that will never really help us. But most people think that yes, there may be help from that front. And finally, there are there appears in the scene another man. A Samaritan. The wording now is very different. Because while the priest and the Levite, it says that they were passing by chance on the road. The Samaritan, the wording is completely different. He was on a journey. And that, and that Samaritan who is in a journey, he looks at the man and he has compassion on him. Who does this Samaritan represents. Well, let me just say one thing. You know, Samaritans were a totally despised race by the Jews, right? They completely despised them. They were their neighbors to the north. And, and the reason historically is because they were a mixed race a mix between Jews and Gentiles that came and located in the area of Samaria. 
And because of that, any self-respecting Orthodox Jew, they will despise them to no end. Oh no, I don't want to do anything to do with those guys. I find it amazing that at some point in his ministry, our Lord Jesus, he was in in an insulting way, he was called specifically a Samaritan. Do you remember that? Uh, I believe it's John chapter 7, it could be chapter 8. But our Lord is talking to the Jews, and there is an argument going on. And at some point, the Jews said to him, say to him, Aren't we right in saying that you're a Samaritan and that you have a demon? Our Lord Jesus somehow is this despised man. But isn't it true that he is the one on a, that when he came to this earth, he was on a journey? He left the glory, his glory as the Son of God. He left his glory as God the Son. He left it behind. And he, and he came, even as a journey implies some purpose. You're going somewhere. He came here with a very definite purpose. To fulfill the will of the Father. To accomplish the work of redemption. And in that process, brothers and sisters, isn't it true that He find He found you and me? And He had compassion on us. As I was reading this this wonderful parable, it seems that him after him came flushing in my mind. Just getting ahead of myself, of course. Because of the intervention of this Samaritan, this man is going to finally be made whole. So this man, he could truly sing when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. This is our story, brothers and sisters. Now, perhaps the most amazing part of the story it's not simply that this man had compassion on that on that half dead man. But how, what he gave to show the compassion? And you remember what it says. He poured oil and wine upon the wounds of that half-dead man. Dear brothers and sisters, it's not just that our Lord Jesus had compassion on you and me. But do we remember what he gave to demonstrate that compassion? Wine, of course, oftentimes in the Bible, speaks of his precious blood. Even at the, as the table, as his table that we just partake, reminds us every Lord's Day. In order to make you and me whole, this good Samaritan, he gave his own blood. 
他流出了他自己的血，给出自己的血。As on those wounds。他也在这个油用油倒在他的伤处上。Now but because of that, he gave us of his very spirit to dwell in us. And that is how, nothing less than that, that is how he can make us whole. His precious blood that forgives our sins. And because of that, the Holy Spirit can come in. Now, as if that is not enough, there is more. That man puts the good, the Samaritan, puts the man on his own beast and takes him to an inn. And there, there is an innkeeper. And he says to that man, you take care of him for me. And anything that you need, here is two denarii. That's that's the amount that I'm going to give you. With this should be enough. But there is if there is any extra expense, so to speak, when I return, I'll pay it back. Dear brothers and sisters, isn't it true? That yes, our Lord Jesus, He is absent from us today. Of course, spiritually, He is with us all, all the days to the end of the age, of course. But physically, He is not with us. And yet, isn't it true? that he left us in the best possible care. I will not leave you orphans, but I will send another comforter. Oh, the Holy Spirit was given to us in the day of his absence. And brothers and sisters, isn't it true that we can say that we are in the best possible hands today. Oh, what a grace, brothers and sisters. Well, I want to mention something, and I'll leave it, I'm not going to say this in a dogmatic way, but I'll leave it with you. It seems very meaningful to me that the Lord that the Lord is even precising the amount of money he gives to the innkeeper. Here it is, two denarii. And on my return, if there is any extra need, I'll repay you. Now, what is a denarii? It's the salary, the wages for one day is one denarii. So, could it mean, and I leave it with you, I'm not going to be dogmatic on this, could it be that these two denarii, they speak about two days? As you know, our Lord Jesus, He left us 2,000 years ago. 你知道我们的主耶稣, 
And he told us when he left us, I will come back. You know that in the Bible, in scripture, you find that idea that for God one day is like a thousand years. Could it be that our parable, that where this good Samaritan, he says, I will come back, but could it be that he's even given us an indication of that time of his absence? 是否说他告诉这个店主我会再来,他在这里给我们一个暗示,他什么时候会再来呢?If that is the case, incidentally, we can see that the time is almost up.如果这个是,就是这样的话,那么我们会发现好像时间已经用尽了。I'll leave this with you.我就想把这个跟大家讲一下。If you think otherwise, no problem at all.如果你想的跟我想的想法不一样,完全没有问题。but one thing is for sure in this wonderful parable. That good Samaritan, he had compassion and showed amazing grace towards a man that was half-dead.这个好撒玛利亚人，他有了何等大的慈心，然后向这一个半死的人有多少多大的怜悯。And he made full provision for his full restoration. Oil and wine. He gave of himself, if you come to think of what that means. It's not just he gave something to save us. He gave of himself.如果大家想到，想到这里有何酒所意味的是什么，他其实是把自己全部了给出来，然后来能够才救我们。And today, we can say. That we are in this inn, under the care of this wonderful innkeeper. Everything fully provided for not just your salvation, but your full restoration. He saves us, and as in Hebrews it says, it's not just He saves us. But he saves us to the uttermost. Well, it's kind of interesting to me that, you know, there, is a, there seems to be a connection between the gospel of Luke and the ministry of Paul. When we read the book of Acts, for instance, you know that the two were very, very close. So just to remind you, you have those portions in the book of Acts that the, the students of the word refer to it as the weak portions of the Acts. Did you ever notice that? The weak portions. I'll explain. And it means this. Luke sometimes is right and then say, well, and they went there and did this and they and they and they. And then from chapter 16, most of the of the portions, he starts saying, and we went there and we did this and we did this and we did the other. And we know from the epistles that Paul calls Dr. Luke the beloved physician.我们知道在保罗的书信当中，他提到陆家医生是讲到说我们所亲爱的陆家，陆家医生。So it's fairly safe to state. That Paul had a very strong spiritual influence in Dr. Luke. And it seems indeed amazing that in the four Gospels, only Luke records the parable of the Good Samaritan. That that was a special revelation that was specially unfolded under the ministry of Paul. We are not justified by works of the law. 
we are justified by faith alone.我们也知道这是特别保罗的指示里面所托给他所彰显的，就是我们不是因呃行为而称义，而是因呃因呃恩典而称义。In ourselves, we are just like this man, helpless, half dead. Do you think you can do this and you shall inherit eternal life? 在我们自己来说，我们就像这样一个人这样，我们在这里半死。我们难道可以靠着自己，然后借着律法能得永生吗？ Oh, but if you just meet this wonderful Samaritan. 但是若是你遇到，只要遇到这个好的撒玛利亚。Or the other way around, if you just let him find you, because that—that's how it happens. 换，另一个其实换换一句话说，其实就是让他来找到你。You see grace upon grace. 你就看到恩上加恩。and it reminds me of Paul then. When, when he, this parable, it reveals grace, the grace of God. The grace of our Lord Jesus towards us. And how do you, do you describe such grace? When Paul speaks of grace, especially in Ephesians, you know, it's always full of adjectives. 当保罗在讲到恩典，尤其在以弗所书里面的时候，你充满了形容词。So in Ephesians again, in chapter two, verse seven, he says this. He speaks that in the ages to come, he might show not just his grace towards us, not just the riches of his grace, but the surpassing riches of his grace.在以弗所书第二章第七节，他讲到要写明后世来看他不单是他的恩典。不单他是的恩赐，而他极丰盛的、极丰富的恩典，和像我们在耶稣基督里所施的恩赐。Dear saints, it seems to me that this wonderful parable reveals exactly that: the surpassing riches of the grace of the Lord towards you and towards me. 弟兄姊妹，就是在这故事当中，他向我们彰显，他向我们在耶稣基督向我们所施极丰富的恩赐。Perhaps we all come to him with that mentality, like that man. I can do something to inherit eternal life. And perhaps we think deep down, yes, if I do this, if I obey the law, I will live. But His grace, thank the Lord, it will prove us wrong. Let me put it this way. You could say that that man, he was, his whole question was the principle of the law. If I do something, I can please God. If I do something, I will inherit eternal life. And as a matter of fact, if you are able to do this, you will live. That's the word of the Lord Jesus. And that is what the law says. Do this and you shall live. But grace says something else. Grace says, live and now you will do this. Isn't this our story? We are half dead, and our Lord Jesus, He quickens us. He gives us life when we are dead in our sins and trespasses. And after He gives you life, you will discover now because of that new life, His life in me. Now I can walk in a way that pleases the Lord. Well, brothers and sisters, this is the meat of the sandwich. And yet it seems to me that there is still another another wonderful bread at the other end. If you find that you receive such grace and such mercy. If you find that when nothing else would help, God love lifted you. 
What should be your response and what should be my response? And it seems to me that that last lovely story that we are so familiar with, Martha and Mary, it seems to me that Mary represents our response after we receive such grace from the Lord. If you receive such mercy from Him, you will live a life just as she lived, sitting at His feet, hearing His teaching. 如果你像得从他那里领受生命，你的回应就当像玛利亚一样，坐在他的脚前听受他的教导。Or to put it in a more direct way, if we receive such grace，换句话说更直接来讲，如果你是得到了这样的恩典的话，shouldn't we live a life occupied with Him？我们是否应当活着一个生命，是里面为着他，以他为中心的，充满被他所充满的生命生活呢？ such love that we receive, nothing else but our love back to Him can be the answer. So our hymn, if you just allow me to point a couple of things again to you, actually it seems to me that our wonderful hymn, it's almost as if stanza by stanza reminds us of this story. I think that man that was half dead and now is fully restored, he could say every single stanza speaking of his own experience. He could say, in tenderness, he sought me. That Samaritan could very well keep going on his way. He went out of his way to rescue that man. In tenderness, he sought me. In the second stanza you read, he washed the bleeding sin wounds and poured in oil and wine. Isn't it true, dear saints, that that is our story? Isn't it true that every time we partake of this wonderful table, that we are reminded, even as the third stanza says, that he pointed to the nail prints. For me, his blood was shed. And then you come to, to the, the fourth stanza. It reminds me actually of the story of Mary, a response to such grace. I'm sitting in his presence, the sunshine of his face. Dear saints, it doesn't matter if you're as occupied and busy as the next guy at work. We oftentimes are. Oh, but that by His grace we would never forget. Even being as busy as the next guy. Our life is this, to live I don't matter what you're doing, but to live sitting in His presence, the sunshine of His face. Our Lord tells Martha, listen, she has, Mary has chosen the good part, and that will not be taken away from her. This is your portion and our portion, having received such grace, to somehow sit at His feet in His presence and live such life. Finally, when you get to stanza five, isn't it true? that today we can sing, I'm waiting for the morning, the brightest and the best. 
Every time we partake of this table, we are reminded of all these things somehow. He was broken for us. His blood was shed for us, and because of that, we were made whole. And we break bread, we drink of the cup until He comes. I'm waiting for the morning. Now, brothers and sisters, I just want to share a last thought with you. I think that the risk here, where our trouble, I shouldn't say even risk. Our trouble is that oftentimes, instead of living like Mary, we live like Mark. Somehow or another, we get distracted. And we read in the story that Martha, it's not that she got distracted with the wrong stuff. She's doing things in order to serve her wonderful guest, which is the Lord Jesus and his disciples, most likely. And the risk is that we become so occupied with other things, even good things. That somehow we miss the only thing that is necessary. Which is to sit at his feet. To somehow respond to the grace that we receive to himself. It's very interesting that it's not just that Martha became very busy. But in the process we realize that some sort of secret bitterness started kind of to develop in her heart. Secretly, she became, well, she became not very happy with her sister in the first place. But as a matter of fact, even her attitude, there was a secret bitterness towards the Lord. She complains to the Lord, how come you're letting my sister to do that? And brothers and sisters, it's my impression that every time we do not appreciate the grace that was given to us, um, Every time we are not fully occupied with Him, somehow we get distracted with other lesser stuff. We may become critical of other brothers and sisters. We start saying, hmm, why is he doing this? Why is she doing that? And we forget that it's only one thing is necessary. In that relationship, sitting at his feet, listening to his teachings, somehow that will dispel all our tendency to be critical of one another. And the opposite is always also true. Every time that response is not there. Every time we don't live our lives occupied with Him and Him alone. We'll get distracted with all sort of things. And we become just like Martha. Our Lord uses the word, you're bothered. 
about many things. So dear saints, may the Lord be gracious to all of us. I personally feel that the Lord has made such a gracious provision to us in giving us his table. It seems that every time we remember him together, we are brought back to the the most important thing, what really, really matters. We are reminded of our story. Undeserving sinners that have received amazing grace. Not just grace as a thing, but grace being given to us in his own person, through his blood, through his spirit given to us. May by his grace our response be just like Mary's. To live a life occupied with him. Let's pray. Indeed, Lord, we are those that can testify that amazing grace was shown to us. So we come as those who were half dead in ourselves. And that have received such compassion for, from you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord, that the love of Christ would constrain our hearts once again. As we consider together our story. Oh, that we may live not for ourselves, but for the one that died and rose again for us. Even we pray, Lord, that we would not live by the principle of the law, but instead by the amazing grace that was given to us. We thank you, Lord. And we pray in your precious name. Amen.